This is Michael Popak, Legal AF. After we got over the initial shock that Ivanka Trump is going to take the stand next week against Donald Trump, there's a lot of questions floating around there. I'm going to try to answer on this hot take. Namely, is she going to take the Fifth Amendment against self-incrimination and not testify at all? It's a possibility. What are the topics that will be raised by the New York Attorney General based on uh, what was in the original indictment and all of that? The fact that Ivanka Trump was dismissed from the case by the appellate court, does that mean she's got any limitations on her ability to testify? And can that issue be brought up in cross-examination of her to show, for instance, her bias or lack of credibility on a certain point? Those are some of the questions I'm going to try to answer right here on this Hot Take Midas Touch Network. Let's go. Ivanka Trump, besides being first daughter and whatever else she was, and a special advisor to the president while Donald Trump was president, she was also for a long, long time the vice president and uh, of the Trump Organization. In fact, she, not Don Jr. or Eric, were always seen as the heir apparent to Donald Trump to take over that organization. And he was put her in a trading academy in order to learn his way of doing business, which apparently also included fraud. She was involved in a number of loans and insurance relationships for the Trump Organization, especially in the or, uh, I would say the 2010s, the 2015 to 2016 time period. And a lot of those were based on her submitting, on behalf of the Trump Organization, Donald Trump's statement of financial condition, her dad's statement of financial condition, which, which is, uh, is the premise of this lawsuit brought by the New York Attorney General. He lied on because he cooked the books, because the numbers were just uh, made up. They were just his estimates. They were just whatever he felt like on any given day. They were like the Mona Lisa painting hanging on a wall. Who can put value on that? You know, things like that, that Donald Trump actually said in his deposition under oath to Letitia James. The problem is that all got put down. All of those um, pipe dreams of Donald Trump got put down in writing and presented to bankers and lenders and investors and insurance companies as real numbers backed by real appraisers and real appraisals and real financial economics under underneath them. Not made up reversed engineered numbers where he said, I don't like two, make it six. I don't like 20 million, make it 40 million. You know, it's not just supposed to be the back of a pencil and an eraser. It's supposed to be based on something, on economics, on, on real estate financing uh, components and uh, values and that type of thing. Back to Ivanka. So Ivanka, for instance, in the old post office case in which the uh, Trump organization, even before Donald Trump became president, got the long-term ground lease to the old post office in Washington, D.C., beautiful, majestic old building they made into a hotel, continued to operate as a hotel. She negotiated all of that, including for the lease with the government, right? And in order to negotiate with the government, they required a statement of financial conditions, and finances of the Trump Organization. And she submitted them, including certifications by her father that said, everything I write here is true and it's a, it's supported by generally accounted, generally accepted accounting principles and the like. And people relied on it to their detriment because he's not getting the ground lease, the Trump Organization, for the old post office, the OPO, unless he lies and inflates the numbers on his balance sheet. Um, that is the premise of the case. 
He would not have gotten the loans. He would not have gotten the insurance. He would not have gotten the surety bonds to complete construction projects if he hadn't lied in his finances. And Ivanka was a conduit for that lying. Even though she may not have filled out the paperwork, the fact that she used it as part of her business operation to obtain the loan, the project, the lease, the approval, the insurance, that's what it goes to. Now, some might be thinking out there, sure, she was involved in getting insurance from places like the Zurich Insurance Company, putting up uh, financial statements of her dad, using them with all that fraud in there and hyperinflated, artificially inflated numbers uh, to get insurance, to get a surety bond, which is a bond to build a building. You got to post a certain amount of assets or a bond in order to um, in order to do something or being allowed to do something, in this case, construct a building or a project. Um, and so, sure, she used all of them, but um, why is she liable for all of them? Well, they don't need her necessarily, based on the evidence already presented, to um, destroy Donald Trump and say, he knew, my dad knew that those numbers were fake. She just needs to establish uh, through her testimony that they intentionally use these documents in order to obtain their desired outcome, to get the loan, the insurance, the surety bond. That's the intent. Why is intent important? Because of the remaining counts that are being tried here in court, the six counts, what distinguishes them from the one count of persistent fraud that the judge already ruled on a month ago against Donald Trump finding liability for persistent fraud under six under 63-12 of the of the New York State Executive Law, which is an anti-fraud statute, anti-fraud powers for the New York Attorney General. That particular statute, that particular claim that was already decided by the judge before trial did not require the finding of intent as an element. You can accidentally commit persistent fraud in New York, is what I'm saying, for that particular count. But for the remaining six counts, for cons um, you know uh, persistent fraud in financial statements, persistent fraud in insurance documents, persistent fraud in, in everything else, the remaining six counts, you need to show intent. So you need an executive, for instance, like um, Ivanka, right? Not so much the financial reporting people like Weisselberg and McConney in the organization and the assistant controller and this and the assistant vice uh, the assistant uh, chief financial officer because they're booking events that already happened the people on the front line who are doing the deals the point person for the deal are Don Jr Eric and Ivanka for the very depending upon what deal they're they're talking about they sort of split up the empire especially when their father was in office and so they want her to say that they intentionally used and they knew they needed to intentionally provide the financial statements of Donald Trump in order to get and achieve the outcome that they were looking for. The loan, the insurance, the bond, the building, the like. That's all they needed to do. And so she's going to be hard pressed not to answer that question that way when she's given a raft of documents with her name on it and a raft of requirements by the counterparty, right? The person on the other side of the transaction, whatever it is, insurance company, bank, lender, um, that type, you know, investor, that type of thing, um, and say, you knew you had a requirement to supply this the statement of financial condition, didn't you, ma'am? Yes. And you did supply the statement of financial condition signed by your dad, didn't you? Yes. And you know that if it was a requirement to get the loan, the insurance, or the bond, or the property, uh, or the lease, 
that that be submitted, didn't you, ma'am? Yes. And if you hadn't submitted it, you would not have satisfied a requirement of that counterparty, would you have? No. And you would you you likely would not have obtained it. That's the reason they're asking you for it, right, ma'am? Yes. And you were competing with other people to achieve those some of those objectives, right? There were other people trying to get the lease for the old post office, right, ma'am? Yes. And those people were submitting their own financial packages, weren't they? Yes. So in a way, you were competing with them and you had to you know, have your package all in a row, ducks all in a row with a ribbon around it to mix metaphors and submit it, right, ma'am? Yes, and you did that. And that's your signature on the bottom of a cover letter submitting or an email submitting this material. Isn't that right, ma'am? Yes. And you intended for the other side to rely on the on that information in order to make their decision about what you're trying to achieve, right, ma'am? Yes, that is the intentional cross-examination that we will see of Ivanka Trump, my version, 32-year trial lawyer, giving you what's going to happen in that courtroom. Did you know that poor sleep can cause weight gain, mood issues, poor mental health, and lower productivity? Sleep is the foundation of our mental and physical health and performance in our days. Having a consistent nighttime routine is non-negotiable. When I don't get enough sleep, trust me, you don't want to be around me the next day. Introducing Beam Dream. You know we've been raving about Beam's Dream Powder, their healthy hot cocoa for sleep. And today, our listeners get a special discount on Beam's Dream Powder, their best-selling healthy hot cocoa for sleep with no added sugar. Now available in delicious flavors like sea salt caramel, cinnamon cocoa, and chocolate peanut butter. Better sleep has never tasted better. Dream contains a powerful all-natural blend of reishi, magnesium, L-theanine, melatonin, and nano-CBD to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, and wake up refreshed. A recent clinical study revealed Dream helped 93% of users wake up feeling more refreshed, and 93% reported that Dream helped them get a more restful night's sleep. Just mix Beam Dream into hot water or milk, stir or froth, and enjoy before bedtime. I've personally tried Beam Dream, and it lived up to the hype. First off, it was delicious, and just a lovely nighttime routine. And secondly, and most importantly, it helped me fall asleep and stay asleep. The next day, I woke up ready and eager to take on all of life's challenges and tasks. Find out why Forbes and the New York Times are all talking about Beam and why it's trusted by the world's top athletes and business professionals. If you want to try Beam's best-selling dream powder, take advantage of their biggest sale of the year and get up to 50% off for a limited time when you go to shopbeam.com slash legalaf and use code CYBER at checkout. That's shop, B-E-A-M.com slash legal AF and use code cyber for up to 50% off. Now, some people might be asking, what else is she involved with? Okay, well, she was involved with executing a number of major deals for the Trump organization. Now, the reason she's not a defendant any longer, some people might be wondering that. How does that impact her testimony? Well, the, uh, the appellate court which is the first, deport, first Department Court of Appeals, of which I'm a, I'm a member as a, as a lawyer. That's where I was sworn in. Sits over the Manhattan uh, Supreme Court, which is the trial-level court in New York, where this case is happening. So that's the bosses for Judge Ngoron. And they decided, based on some motion practice by uh, uh, an appeal actually filed by uh, Ivanka, that it's not that she didn't do bad things. It's that the bad things that she did happened before February of 2016, and therefore under a statute of limitations, 
meaning things were too old to be sued on by the New York Attorney General. Once you took that razor and you cut off activity before February of 2016, there was nothing else alleged in the indictment after February of 2016 that involved Ivanka that could keep her in the case. So it's not that she got absolved by the first department appellate court, which is what her lawyers and Donald Trump likes to say. It's just that they the bad stuff she did as alleged were too old to sue on. Okay, follow that? Doesn't mean she can't be asked about that in cross-examination. Sort of like, you know, when a boxer works the body for five or six rounds before they go for the knockout, these are going to be the body blows that Ivanka is going to take uh, on her credibility and her bias and her own fraudulent conduct. Just because she was cut out doesn't mean they can't go for her. The facts that she knows about, she can testify to, even if it goes beyond the dates that are involved. Now, the judge might get a little bit frustrated. And I and I think at a certain point, when after they've established that she's got her own, you know, fingers in the pies, so to speak, the judge will say, why don't we move on here? This is all pre-February 2016 conduct. I get it. I understand why you're doing it. It goes to bias. It goes to credibility of the witness. But let's move on. Okay. And then when they move on, they'll talk about, like I said, insurance fraud, real estate fraud. And there's some other things that they can hit her with that are just easy, low-hanging fruit. They can say to her, well, let's go over some apartments that you were offered in Trump Tower where you also have an office and your dad lives. Let's go through that. And they'll say, weren't you offered an apartment in Trump Tower for $8 million? I was. And did you know that that same apartment in and around the same time was listed on the books of Trump, uh, of the Trump organization signed by your dad as being uh, authentic at $25 million? more than three times the amount. Did you know that? She'll say, well, I don't know that. Or that wasn't my interest. Or she'll look down at her shoes. And then similarly, there was another apartment where he offered it to you for $14 million. And did you know that was on the books for $75 million? And they'll, they'll keep doing that. And these are easy because they got the documents that support it. Here's the $8 million offer. Here's the $25 million same property listed, same unit listed in Trump Tower. You see that? Did you? Or were you aware? She either says she was aware of it and she's admitted to participating in fraud, or she says she wasn't aware of it, which is fine. Fine in terms of developing evidence against her family and her father. She's already thrown the brothers under the bus when she tried to argue that she should be dismissed from the case and dismissed from being... A financially monitored, there's a financial monitor some people forget about that's been in place for almost a year because the judge found persistent fraud was likely going on and you can't have a fraud company operating in New York without supervision, even while a trial is going on. So former federal judge Barbara Jones looks at all the money flow in and out and assets and makes reports about all the Trump organization entities and all the kids, Right. Junior, Eric, and Don, and Don Trump too. Donald Trump too has to submit to this uh, to this monitor. But but uh, Ivanka got out from under it even before she was dismissed from the case, which we thought was sort of weird. But she argued, well, I'm not really doing the day to day anymore. You know, I haven't been there since 2017. My brothers really handle all the things related to the finances and the financial statements. I mean, listen to that. It wasn't me. It was others. Yeah, the others are your brothers. Others are brothers, all right? And so they're going to, you know, uh, set her up. She's going to go after a, a flame out on the stand, I'm sure, by Don Jr. And then Eric Trump and then Ivanka. And then, of course, they're ready for a big daddy 
you know, cat on a hot tin roof to go and testify. So these are the topics that they'll cover with her. This is the bias and the credibility that they'll use to cross-examine her. These are the issues they're going to use. Um, and they'll, you know, for her, she's the only thing she's got going for her in terms of testimony is unlike her brother, Eric, who took the Fifth Amendment against self-incrimination 500 times and her father who took it 400 times originally, she didn't have to give a deposition. She just gave uh, an interview with the New York Attorney General um, you know, on the, I think it was on the record, but she took an inter she did an interview, which is good and bad. Those that got deposed at least know where the New York Attorney General is going to go because they were already deposed under oath, and there's like a 500 page transcript. There is no 500 page transcript for Ivanka, so this is going to be freewheeling um, Ivanka unplugged. Even her own lawyers, who are relatively new to the case, they don't even know where where uh, there, where she's going. So watch for hand-to-hand -hand combat in the courtroom. Her lawyer is aggressive, Bennett Moskowitz, good lawyer in town. I know him by reputation, at least. Uh, they're going to be challenging every question, every attempt to try to limit her testimony. And whenever they see something that ranges away from the statute of limitations of February 2016, they're going to say, Judge, this is too old, this is too stale. Why are we talking about this? It's irrelevant. And the New York Attorney General is going to have to be prepared to show the court, why all of this is relevant. I think it goes to credibility. Um, you know, just because you defrauded somebody, for instance, you know, beyond the statute of limitations by a day doesn't mean you didn't do it. And it doesn't mean you get to stand there with a, with a, with a halo on your head um, and be, and be completely believed. Right. And so that there is going to be that element of it. So that's what we're going to see with Ivanka Trump. And uh, we'll report on the Midas touch network right here on this YouTube channel. You knew it. You're watching me on this YouTube channel. As we get reporting about Don Jr. first, then Eric, then Ivanka. And by the way, there is a reason for this sequence. This isn't haphazard. They weren't like, they didn't pick it out of a Scrabble bag. Oh, let's do Don Jr. first. This is on purpose. I am a 32-year trial lawyer. I know how to sequence cases and witnesses to build a narrative and get momentum. And they purposely chose all of these people. Or as I said on the recent edition of Legal AF on Saturday that I co-hosted and co-anchored, I said, this reminds me of John Larson's play, the, the person who wrote and composed Rent. He had another play called Tick, 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 Boom. And that's what we're watching. Don Jr., he's going to be a meltdown um, which Don Jr. shows up? Cocaine Bear Don Jr. or some other Don Jr.? Eric Trump, who barely has any fingernails left on his fingers. He's a, he's a compulsive finger nail biter. I'm not kidding. And he'll come up there raw fingers. They, they should actually have him show his fingers to the judge if that's any indication of what's really going on inside of here. So he'll be terrible. Uh, and he ran a lot of the organization for his father at a certain point. And then Ivanka, you know, the first daughter, the first you know, fill in the blank with any funny punchline related to Ivanka um, Kushner now. Uh, and then uh, the leading into Donald. Donald's going to have to watch and squirm and act out and become more and more destabilized as each of these children testify against him. That's the goal of the New York Attorney General. She's chosen this moment in time to put Donald Trump on the stand the day before the election day. Poetic justice, the day before election day, one year before his maybe being up for office for the presidency, he's going to have to testify and, and after watching Michael Cohen and then these these um, sleepy, dopey, you know, scratchy and uh, whatever we want to call Ivanka, you know, the, the, the um, dwarves here testifying before he testifies. So he'll be he'll be mega, not MAGA, he'll be mega destabilized 
mega unhinged. Uh, he'll be he'll be ready to just blow. Um, he may not sit for his entire deposition. My co-anchor on Legal AF, Ben Mycelis, thinks he's not even going to show for his deposition, meaning we'd have to go through a process to arrest him and bring him into court, which that would also be fun to watch. Watch it on the Midas Touch Network. Watch it on Legal AF. Wednesdays and Saturday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time and on audio podcast platforms wherever you get them. I do this hot take type stuff about every day, sometimes every hour, sometimes four a day. It really just depends on what's going on in addition to my law practice. And I do it right exclusively in one place, the Midas Touch YouTube channel. Help them get to 2 million free subscribers. They're already at 1.7 and rapidly moving. Help them get to 2 million. The bigger they get as a grassroots organization, the more your voice is heard. Give me a thumbs up for this particular hot take and leave a comment. Helps with the ratings and the algorithms and keeps this kind of content on the air. <laughs> Until my next hot take. Until my next Legal AF, this is Michael Popak reporting. Hey, Midas Mighty. Love this report? Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram, at Midas Touch, to keep up with the most important news of the day. What are you waiting for? Follow us now.